because if you don't know, I pastor this church, and then I have to leave and go past another church in Chalmette. And I've, I've been in worship ministry my whole life. And in Chalmette, I'm, I'm kind of like the break glass in case of emergency musician. Like if ever there's a real crisis and they need music, well, the glass has been broken today. I have to go play for the worship service at Chalmette. So I have to preach, and I'm going to have to leave a little quick today, so I'm not being rude. Just letting you know they're going to be waiting for me when I get there. But I want to let you know that, um, man, the Holy Spirit is here this morning. He's here. And it's always a good thing because it's so much easier to preach when he's here. When he's not here, you, you just want to go get breakfast or something. So, <clears throat> But I'm excited this morning. Um, I want to tell you a story real quick. I was in high school. I've been a musician my whole life. and <clears throat> In high school, I was in a jazz band, and I was the drummer, one of the drummers. And it was my first time ever playing. <clears throat> and I cannot read sheet music. So if you put sheet music in front of me, it's useless. I can't read it. I play by ear. And I know music theory, but as far as just reading the sheet music, not my thing. Well, the entire band played all the sheet music. Well, the band director knew that I could play drums, but she also knew I couldn't read sheet music. So she was teaching me how to play off of the band by what I heard from the trumpets and the saxophones and everything like that. Well, I wasn't very confident, and I was playing, and we're having this one rehearsal. And she said, listen, there's a spot in the song where I need you to do a drum fill, and then I need you to hit these four accents with the horns. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay, that's easy, no problem, right? Not a big deal. Well, we're playing, and I'm listening to the horns, and I'm listening to everybody. And we play through it, and then she stops the song, and she kicks it up again. <clears throat> we play through it again, and she stops the song, and she kicks it off again. We do it three times, and she kicks it up again the fourth time, and she stops it again. And her name was Miss B. And Miss B had this thing where she wore glasses. But if she was in, you were in trouble, they dropped like this. She, they sat right here. And so she could read the sheet music in front of her and then she could look at the band. But if she ever caught you with the glasses like this, you did something wrong. Well, I'm a freshman. I'm on the drums. And she's conducting. And after the fourth time she stops the song, she looks at me with, with them glasses dropped. <clears throat> and so I like froze in terror. And she said, Chris, you're listening to the band, but you're not playing your part. And I had to sit there for a second. I'm like, hold on, you got to say this again. She said, you're, 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 you're listening to the band, but you're not doing your part. See, what was happening was if anybody who didn't know music was in the room, everything would have sounded fine. Because I was on time. I was playing the song. I was doing what needed to be done. But there was a specific part that I needed to play to make the song sound exactly as it was supposed to. But I was missing it. I was so distracted listening to the band, listening to what was around me, that I wasn't able to focus on what I was supposed to be doing. I was listening to everything else, but I wasn't hearing my part. I'm going to let you know that there are many times in the body of Christ that we hear everything else going on around us in the church. And, and, and from the outside looking, and it looks good. I'm in church. I'm, I'm in group, I'm tithing, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying. But there's something missing. There's, there's, there's an there's a accuracy or a detail or there's just something missing. And it's because we're listening to all the other parts but we're not hearing our own. And this morning I'm starting a series with you called God Still Speaks. Because I want you to know that He does. You know that, right? God Still Speaks. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. The anniversary, the, the remembrance of when the Holy Spirit fell 
in the book of Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit was given out with power and speaking in tongues became a thing. This is, this is a tongue-talking church in Jesus' name. And a lot of times there are a lot of believers out there who, don't, who believe that God stopped speaking. He stopped speaking when this was finished and he don't talk anymore. That sounds like a very boring expression of Christianity in my opinion because me and him were talking this morning. But he still speaks. But I find so many people who make the statement, man, I'm just not hearing nothing from God. I'm just not hearing nothing from God. Chances are you're hearing everything else, but you're not listening to your part. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. Go before me. Let none of my own opinion come out. Let it all be you. I pray that you would let this place be changed, that every person here be changed, wanting and knowing you more when they leave. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is a... Uh, Rather popular story. Give you a little background. There's a woman named Hannah who cannot get pregnant. She's battling infertility. And she goes to the temple and she prays and she's weeping and she's crying out. And Eli, the priest, hears her. He comes out and he said, Lord has heard your prayer. So she gets pregnant. And after the baby was weaned, she brought him back to the Lord, and she dedicated him to the Lord's service. She actually left Samuel. His name was Samuel. She left Samuel at the temple, and she went back home. At the Shalmet service, they were doing a baby dedication where we're dedicating babies to the Lord today, as basically from this exact story here. But Samuel is a, is a young guy, and he's living in the temple. He's living. Sometimes I felt like Samuel as a kid. My mom worked at the church. I felt like I lived at the church. I mean, I can remember eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the church at different times and doing all the homework, sleeping there. We had a sleeping bag in the car sometimes. During, we used to do plays for Easter and Christmas, and we used to have a sleeping bag in the van because if I got tired, I'd just go to the sleeping bag out the van and just go lay on the road somewhere and go to sleep. And then she'd wake me up and they were finished. That's how much time I, I didn't do. I didn't live there. Samuel lived in the temple. And so we're going to pick up here in 1 Samuel chapter 3. But just to give you the idea here, Samuel is living. Say living. He, Samuel's going to church more than all of us. He's living in the temple. Verse, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. I want to take one moment and do something a little prophetic, a little word the Lord gave me. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. I believe that is still very true today. The word of the Lord is rare. There's a lot of things out there that are labeled the word of the Lord. But they are not actually the word of the Lord. Be very careful that when we talk in the next few weeks, be careful what you're listening to and what you're coming to agreement with. Because just because it sounds, I posted this the other day, just because it's spirit-filled doesn't mean it's Holy Spirit-filled. Amen? Amen. So, verse 2. I mean, and at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of the God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went back and lie down. The Lord called again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. He arose, went to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived. Somebody said, Thank you for Eli. Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Then Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. You got a young boy who is living in the temple, serving at the request of the priest. And it, notice how it said that Eli, his eyes had grown dim where he could not see. So let me give you a little picture here. Before we dive into that, let me back up a little bit. Sorry. How many of you know or have ever been in a place, you may be there now, where you need to hear from God? Where, where you, you need to hear from him a yes, a no, what should I do, should I go, should I not? Where you need to hear from the Lord. I'm not talking you're like just a hungry prophetic junkie that wants a word every weekend. I'm talking about somebody who I'm in a situation and I need to hear from the Lord. Well, the title of this message today is God Still Speaks, How to Hear from God. We're going to be talking about how to hear from God because I'm going to let you know hearing from God is not something you only get from a prophet. That's something you only get when a mature believer comes up and says, I have a word for you. Hearing from God is something that happens every time I get with him. But if I'm not in my right place, if I'm not doing the things that are required to hear from God, I'm not going to hear from God. And so I'm going to give you three things this morning that are required to hear from God. And some of you might say, man, he loves three points. No, three points just simply makes it easy for me to communicate it. I don't need to get up here and pontificate on how much of the, of the word I know to impress you. My job is to make sure that you know what God is trying to say so you can go live it out when you leave. Amen? If you want to talk Bible trivia and theology, we can get lunch. We'll talk about everything you want to talk about, right? So the first thing this morning is that Samuel was in his place. Say his place. Now, as I was saying a second ago, Eli could not see very well anymore. He was laying in his chamber. But it also said that he was laying near the ark, and it said that the light had not yet gone out. That's earlier in chapter 3. Samuel had a specific place that he had to lay because it was his job to make sure that the fire on the altar didn't go out because it wasn't supposed to go out. That's from Leviticus 6. Let the fire on the altar not go out. So he's got to keep this fire lit all night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's got to keep the fire lit. But he also has to be close enough to hear if Eli needs him because Eli's old and can't see anymore. So there's a specific spot in the temple that Samuel has to be in in order to accomplish what he's supposed to be doing. Now, I want to let you know something. As a believer, whether you knew this or not, there are specific things that you and I are supposed to be doing that we don't need God to go, hey, I need you to do this. There are just things we're supposed to be doing already. Somebody say, I have a place. Samuel had a specific place that he needed to be in. And I'm going to tell you this morning, some of you, this message might have you reassess whether you're in your place or not. Because I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. Well, are you in your place? Because Samuel was. Was in his specific place. Well, Pastor Chris, how do I know if I'm in my place? I'm not sure. You know, well, I'm going to tell you the first one is, are you devoted to the Lord? Do you have a devotion life? Because I'm going to let you know right now. You want to know where God speaks to me the most? Right here. This is where God speaks to me the most. This thing comes alive. This thing is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's sharp enough to divide bone and marrow and flesh and spirit. It, it's so, it, gets, it gets in the middle of everything that I'm dealing with. It chops me up, spits me out, makes me ridiculous to myself sometimes. I read it and I'm like, good Lord, I thought I was doing good. This is where he speaks to me the most. But you're not going to get nothing from it if you aren't in it. And some people say, well, Pastor Chris, I don't know where to start. 
Start. Start in Matthew. Start in John. Right? Get a reading plan. There are things that you can do to get in a devotion life and start being in your place. Prayer. Man, I'm telling you what. It, it is. It, when I was youth pastoring for years, the young people would come to me and they'd say, Pastor, because I'm having a trouble with this. I'm having a question about this. And my first question was always, are you reading? Second question was always, are you praying? And the answer, most of the time, was not really. Um, kind of. And my answer would normally be, okay, for the next week, I want you to read and pray every day. And then we'll talk next Wednesday. But I don't even know right now. No, 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 no. You're going to read and you're going to pray for a week. Then when we come back next Wednesday night for service, we'll talk about it. Nine out of ten times, we didn't have to have a conversation. Because God met them in their devotion life. The problem is we have people that are wanting to hear from God, but they're not making themselves available to hear from Him. They want him to do all the work. Let me let you know, he did the work 2,000 years ago. right? He, he did his part. He is seated at the right hand of God. We are the ones that refuse to go access what he's given us. We want him to come bring it down to us again. He's not the, the waiter or the maitre d' at the all-inclusive resort that comes and brings the desserts you order. right? He went 2,000 years ago, paid the price, offered everything. It's open. It's free. It's there, ready. We have to access it. So the first place we have to be in is being devoted to the Lord. The second thing is i got to be devoted to my personal life. You do know that there are responsibilities that we have in our own lives that we just have to take care of. right? I cannot expect to hear from God. If I am not paying my bills. Why? This is why I'm going to tell you this. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm, work, I'm not saying you're not trying to. But if there's just ridiculous irresponsibility in your life, if your marriage is in shambles, if your children are completely being... I'm not talking about teenagers doing that thing and needing to find... I'm talking about three-year-olds. If, if there's not order in your life, don't expect God to speak to you. Why? Because when he comes to speak to you, you know what he's going to say? Let's get this in order first. He's not going to call you to China if we can't get our living room clean. Going to let you know that. He's not, that's not how he works. Samuel was in his place. And the third thing is that he was devoted to his business. Samuel was devoted. He was devoted to prayer. He was devoted to his personal life. He was devoted to the Lord's business. He was involved in ministry. He was involved in serving in the kingdom. Man, I'm telling you, when you do these three simple things, you are putting yourself in the proper place to hear from God. Because I don't know about you, but my kids, remember my, my daughters, um, we have yet to really figure out who is the messiest one. Because you know how one of them is usually messier than my wife probably knows, but I don't yet. And like they share a room, and so one of them is particularly messier than the other, but right now they're both guilty, right? Because it's the same room. And I remember one time we were, we were getting ready to go do something or go somewhere, but they had to clean their room first. And they kept coming down every 25 minutes and asked if we could leave yet. And what was our reply? Well, is your room clean? Well, no. Well, we ain't leaving. Oh, no. Stomp, 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 stomp back upstairs. You know, clean it for five minutes, play for 15, come in. We're ready to go. Is your room clean? Well, we ain't going yet. We can't expect God to speak to us about things that we're seeking him on if we are not responding to the things he's already told us to do. We can't. So many times we think God isn't talking. No, God is. He wrote a whole book for us. He's talking. But we're not applying the things that he's already showed us. 
For example, there was another young person in youth ministry that wanted to be in leadership. They wanted to be in leadership, but they were in a relationship that they shouldn't have been in doing things they shouldn't have been doing. And they wanted to be in a in leadership position. And I would keep coming to them. They would come and I'd say, listen, I cannot use you right now because you're living in sin. I, I can't do it. You're living in sin. But I love her. No, you don't. You're 15. Anyway. But, 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 no, you're living, stop living in sin. Let's, st- I'm not saying you can't date her. Stop living in sin. Oh, well, well, uh. my hands are, you, every time we, it's the same conversation. What happened? The relationship ended. The young guy who we knew was only coming to church for her was not involved in any other reason left, was back out doing his in the world, getting drunk, everything that weekend. She was in leadership two months later. Why? Because she finally responded to what God was telling her to do. We got to be in the right place and be obedient to what he's saying. So the first thing is I got to be in my place. Say in my place. The second thing is I have to have the right posture. I got to have the right posture. I had a friend when I was younger. His name was Josh. And he, we thought he was going to be like seven feet tall. He, he isn't. He's only like 6'2". But he was a lot taller than everybody else when he was younger. And I was particularly shorter than everybody else. And we were best friends. So when he hung out with me, it was often looking like this. Because I was just short, right? The Lord always gives me tall friends. I guess so nobody wants to fight me because I got big people around me. I don't really know. But I always seem to have tall friends. Anyway. And, And so his mom and his dad, they used to get on him about his posture all the time. Because he was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and he, he would always walk hunched over. And they stand up, fix your posture, fix your posture. I want to let you know something. You could be standing in the right place, but with the wrong posture. You could be standing in the right spot, but standing the wrong way. Pastor Chris, what does that mean? Oh, that means I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm involved in the kingdom. My life is in order, but I have an ulterior motive. I'm doing the right things, but for the wrong reason. If my posture is wrong, I'm not going to hear from God. See, in the story, Samuel had not yet heard the voice of the Lord, so all he knew was to serve Eli. He was in the right place, but at this particular time, his motive was wrong. He was only answering to the voice of Eli. And so there are times that God will wait to speak to you because you're listening for the wrong thing. You're tuning in to the wrong places. You're tuning in to the wrong people. Your, your heart is not quite yet ready to hear what God has to tell you. I can promise you that when Pastor Carl, when he tells that story, it was a long-haired, ghost-spoken hippie, and he, he came up and got saved, and he, and he threw the junk out the window. Like all, I guarantee you, if God would have told him that night, you're going to plant three churches, pastor four, pastor three at one time, through at the time the worst natural disaster in American history, and everything's going to be gone, he probably would have never gone to church again. Why? Because he was not ready to hear that. Then as he began to grow, he was in the right place, but his posture wasn't ready for the magnitude of what was coming, so God had to give it to him slow. Had to give it to him piece by piece. Piece by piece. Why? Because God's not going to give you something your posture can't handle. He'll wait. But I can remember when my, my, my buddy finally started, he started hurting. Like he's, because obviously when you start in puberty, you start growing. 
he would he would lean, but he started finally noticing that if he walked around hunting, it would hurt. Once he realized, y'all need to catch. Once he realized that the way he was standing was hindering him, he fixed the way he was standing. See, some of you don't realize the things that you want to do in ministry, the things you want to do in the kingdom, the things you want to do for the Lord are not being hindered because people don't like you. They're being hindered because your posture's not right yet. Your motive's not right yet. Your reason isn't right yet. You have an offense. You're trying to prove somebody wrong. You're trying to prove yourself. You're trying to justify. No, 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 no. No, it's for him. So Samuel had to be in the right place and he had to be in the right posture. But notice something. Samuel couldn't get himself in the right posture. Samuel kept going to Eli. He kept going to Eli. He kept going to Eli. That's why the third thing to hear from God is you got to have the right people. you got to have the right person. Now, I want to read this again. I want to go back to 1 Samuel 3, verse 8. Yet the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did not call, for you, but you did call me. Then Eli perceived. Samuel didn't. Eli did. Samuel didn't. Eli did. I'm so thankful for the Eli's in my life. There have been people who have come up to me and they have perceived what God was doing when I couldn't. They have come up to me and they said, hey, I'm letting you know this, this, this is what's going on. This is what happened. This is what God's trying to do in you. He didn't know I was going to tell the story. I was 14, 15 years old. And our church was probably 350, 400 at the time. And I was the drummer. And I was, a, I was an arrogant little, little thing. I'm not going to lie to you. And my mom, I was essentially... The, the pastor's kid of the church, because all Pastor Carl's kids were older, I was the oldest of all the pastor's kids at the time. And I was kind of like the son of the house. Whatever. So I kind of thought I ran to join or I had carte blanche to do whatever I wanted or whatever. And because I was talented at playing the drums, I didn't really pay attention in rehearsal. I, didn't, I, I, just, I was just foolish, right? And there were some times when my mom would look at me and tell me to start the next song, and I wouldn't know what it was. And so they'd have to make a joke about it or whatever. And I remember one time I'm, I'm at the office one day because, you know, I live there. And I'm at the office. And Pastor Carl says, hey, can you come here for a minute? And I'm like, sure. I'll go strolling up in his office. And he says, shut the door. And I was like, oh, this, this, this ain't going to be good. This ain't going to be good. And he elied me. He let me know that what I was doing my posture was wrong. I was in the right place. I was where I was assigned to be behind the drums. But the reason I was behind the drums was wrong. And he had to come along and say, listen. And I got that. You ever got that finger from him? See, you know if you've ever gotten it. I would imagine most of y'all haven't gotten it. Because it's, the grandkids know what the finger is. It's just, it, boy, I'll tell you what. It, it, it's like a, like a laser-guided missile that just goes straight through you. Anyway. But I needed my posture adjusted, but I didn't realize it was off. He had to come tell me. There's got to be an Eli in your life. There has to be people like that. They can say, no, 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 no. You need to fix this because you're not going to hear from God. You won't necessarily know if you're in the wrong place. You won't necessarily know that, well, my finances are my finances. No, your finances are out of order. Let's talk about it. 
No, man, but you're, you're, my, my children are getting, no, let's just, let's sit down and let's talk about it. Why do we have to be so, um, so polished in church that we can't let anybody see the issues that we have? Because it's those very same issues that are preventing us from walking in the purpose that Jesus died for us to walk in. Yet our ego and our pride and our insecurities won't let us sit down with an Eli to say, I'm struggling here. Can you help me with it? Or better yet, somebody say, hey, I'm letting you know since you don't want, and you're not going to come to me about it. I'm going to come to you. You're off. You're struggling here. Samuel had the right person, and it was the right person that told him, no, the next time you hear God call, say this. Eli went back to his place, but with the right posture. He went back to his place, tuned into the right thing, with the right reason. And then, check this out. Oh, this is so good. In verse 9. Sorry, verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called. As at other time. Now, I never noticed. I was talking the other day with my buddy Mitchell about this. I never noticed that the Lord came and stood. I never noticed that. I always thought he was just calling from, 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 from his throne. No, no, no. He said he came and he stood. As at other. Do you realize how faithful God is? That he will come and stand and call you even when you don't even recognize it's him. He will come and stand in the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your addiction, and begin to speak to you to call you out of it. Begin to speak to you and get you out of your mess. Begin to speak to you and give you. Then when you get in the right place, and he'll begin to speak to you and say, now I want you to go here. Now I want you to do this. Now I want you to sell this. Now I want you to speak. To... He'll begin to do these things to you. Even when we aren't listening, he still comes. Because he's faithful. Not because you, his faithfulness is not dependent on your faithfulness. His faithfulness is dependent upon his faithfulness. He's faithful to his own word. You know why? Because, see, Pastor Carl and Dawn can stand up and say that God's been faithful for 50 years. Guess what? I can't say God's not faithful. Why? Because they can say he is. And God is not a liar. If he's done it for one, he'll do it for the rest. But Eli helped Samuel get in the right posture. I'm going to let you know that I think one of the biggest things missing from the body of Christ is one-on-one discipleship. What we have done is we have created corporate discipleship where it's the pastor's job to disciple or it's the life group leader's job to disciple when I believe that they have parts in that. But, but in reality, I am where I am right now not because I faithfully attended life group. I am where I am right now, not because I faithfully attend the church service. I am where I am right now because of, A, my relationship with Jesus, but probably my consistent relationship with five people over the last 20 years is why I'm where I am. With five people who have consistently, they've been further along than me, and they have consistently helped keep me on course where I'm going. You need Eli. And guess what? It can't be me. You know why it can't be me? Because I can't be everybody's Eli. My name ain't Eli, and I can't be everybody's Eli. You know, it can't be Pastor Carl. Pastor Carl can't be everyone's Eli. Doesn't mean you can't come to us. Doesn't mean you can't, we can't be involved. You can't, hey, this is what I think the Lord's showing me. No, that's fine. You can do that. That's what we're here for. But if I'm the only person that you let speak into your life, you're not going to go very far at all. 
well, Pastor Chris, I don't really know who I, who I can trust. I don't really know who I want speaking in my life. That person does this, so that person's got that issue. Please, please, please hear me. When you begin to disqualify people because of their issues, just disqualify yourself. Just, just disqualify. We all have issues. I don't know if you knew that. We all do. I'm messed up. I'm born again, blood-bought, sanctified, filled with spirit, but I still got issues. Y'all heard my stories about traffic. The Lord uses traffic to sanctify me consistently. That's what it does. He uses the heat to sanctify me. It is too hot. Lord, Jesus ain't even hot yet, and it is too hot. And I am. That's what I'm doing right now about the heat. That's what I'm doing. But if I want to hear God speak to me, I got to be in the right place, in the right posture, connected to the right people. It's that simple. It's that simple. Because you see, he's so faithful that he comes even when we're not listening. But see, there's a promise Everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11, for under the plans I have, he declares the Lord, and plans to prosper and to harm and give you hope in the future. Most people don't keep reading. Yeah. You ever don't know what to read in the Bible? Find popular scriptures and just read around them. Yeah. It's like the easiest way to read the Bible. Just read. I used to read backwards. I'd go find a popular scripture and just read backwards. I learned so much by just reading the verses in reverse order. But Jeremiah 29, 13 says that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. See, you, you're not seeking him with your whole heart if you're not in the right place. You're not seeking him with your whole heart if you're not having the right posture, the right motive. And you're not seeking him with your whole heart if you're not connected to the right people. You're seeking him with the parts of the heart you want to. And the, the craziest part about all of this is that he's still speaking today. And it's this, not, this is not an external conversation. I'm not waiting for a phone call. He's in here. When he speaks to me, it's in here. That's how I now distinguish it. I know it's him because it seems to come up. Don't come down. It comes up. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes sense to me. It comes up. Out of my belly will flow rivers of living. It comes out of me. And, 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 and we, we have him in here because we've surrendered to Jesus. You may be saying, Pastor Chris, well, how do I know if I'm in the right place? Well, the first place is you got to have him in here. you got to have him in here. That's like having a cell phone with no SIM card. It don't matter if it turns on, if it don't have signal. Religious people can, can look like they have power, but a person who knows the Lord can actually get something done. He's in here. Now, I know he's in here for me. September of 1992 was when he got in here for me. 31 years ago this year, he got in here for me. Children's Crusade. Fort Worth, Texas, Gospel Bill, 
Somebody say amen. They said, if you want Jesus in your heart, pray, pray this prayer. I prayed this prayer. And when I opened my eyes, I was in a bubble. Everything around me was muffled. And I remember sitting there, I was crying, and I'm, I'm five years old in a suit because that's all I wore to church. And, I'm, I'm in the, and I, I, I had no clue what was going on. I just knew something different was happening because all these kids, they moved on to a game. And I'm sitting there in this bubble, and something inside me said, I, I, I don't want to play a game. I don't want to be in here. So five years old, I get up and walk out of this room. I don't know how nobody stopped me. They needed to work on their, their security. I'm in this big stadium, this big, like, auditorium, 10,000, 15,000 seats. I go, I go out, and I just start walking to the auditorium. I'm going to find my mom. I'm done with the kid stuff. I walk in. Some usher finds me. What you doing? Looking for my mama? Why? I don't want to be. He sees me crying. He's like, what's wrong? I said, nothing. I just don't want to be in kids' church anymore. I, I want to be in here. Thankfully, my mom and them were sitting close to the back. They brought me in her, and that's it. I never went back to kids' church the rest of the time. I wanted to be where, where the presence of God was. I didn't want to be playing games where the presence of God was. Why? Because something got in me. And you may say, well, Pastor Chris, at five years old, was that genuine? Yes, it's genuine. You know why? Because I've never been the same since. I had to walk my walk. I had to learn. I, had to, I, had to, I made my mistakes. But I know for a fact that he touched me. Because when he touches you, that's when he's in. And when he's in, that's when he can speak. Has he, is he in you? Is he? I don't mean, oh, you, I kind of think he is. It's like, I kind of think I'm in a pool. No, you're either in a swimming pool or you're not. There is no kind of in a swimming pool. You are either filled with the Holy Spirit of Almighty God or you're not. It is a very easy difference once you've had it. Do you know? Because when you know, that's when he speaks. Pie your heads with me this morning. You may be here this morning and you can say, Pastor Chris, I don't have him in here. I don't have him. I don't have him. Or maybe you just, you don't know. Maybe there's part of you that's like, I think so, I'm not sure, I, I, I want to, I, I think I'm doing right, I love him, I, I'm just unsure. I stand in front of you right now 100% positive that I belong to Jesus. There's not a doubt in my mind. If a satellite falls out of orbit and lands on my truck driving a Shalmet this morning, I know exactly where I'm spending eternity, and it's with Jesus. If you're here today, you can say, Pastor Chris, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need him to be in me. I need to know that I know. Just slip your hand up.